0: Welcome back to Hollywood Dreammaker. I am super excited to introduce dear friends. It's more like family. Let's see, 32 years ago, as a young actor, I was cast in a film called Night of the Demons. And the other day I was going through my closet and I found the original script, which is called Halloween Party. And a light bulb went over my head. I said, you know, due to COVID, Halloween's not going to be the same this year. And, you know... I wanted to give a gift to all of the Night of the Demons fans that have supported us all these years. You know, there's been a Night of the Demons 1, Night of the Demons 2, Night of the Demons 3. They made a remake of their original. (laughs) I mean, there's a real serious fan base out there. You know, who knew when we made this film that it would become a cult classic. So as a gift to all you Night of the Demons fans, I invited a couple of my friends, some I haven't seen in a while, Some of them are the cast of, you know, Night of the Demons, the OG, the original, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one Night of the Demons. It's the one in 1988. (laughs) And I want to introduce my guests. So I have Kathy Podwell. You may know her as Judy from Night of the Demons. You also may know her from Dallas. She played J.R. Ewing's wife, Callie. Murder, she wrote. Walker, Texas Ranger. Reunion from Hell, just to name a few. Then we have Hal <laughs> Havens. You know, Hal. Stooge from Night of the Demons. You may know him from Stooph. Life, Parks and Recreation, Westworld, Lethal Weapon, and many others. We have Alison Barron. Alison played ha- Helen in Night of the Demons. She was in Nightmare of the Elm She too, Patriot Games, Married with Children, Melrose Place, and many other roles. We have Alvin Alexis. Alvin played Roger in Night of the Demons. He was in Sweet Liberty, Butterflies in Heat, For the Love of Money, Queen Supreme, and many other projects. We have Lance Fenton. You may know him as Jay from Night of the Demons. You may know him from Heather's The Fulfillment of Mary Gray, Rags to Riches. We have Donnie Jeffcoat, Billy from Night of the Demons. You may know his work from Seed I'll be right back. CSI New York, Eagle Eye, One Life to One Life to Live. He, he played Joey Buchanan. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show.
1: Yay! Thanks,
0: Thank Billy. You. Billy, hi, Billy. Hey, Billy. Thank you. So, so yeah, I thanks. Cre- it's great to be here it 's great to have you guys, so you know I created uh, the podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams. If a kid like me from broken home a family you know run away when I was sixteen, I just had a dream to come out to Hollywood and I came out with two hundred bucks in my pocket, a one way ticket didn 't know a soul out here and and I made the dream a reality, and you know one of the first projects I was casting was Night of the Demons, so I would love to oh, know. Gosh. <laughs> how your journey as an actor, you know, when did you know you wanted to be an actor and how did you get to audition for night of the demons? How did that come to fruition for you? So I'd like to start with Alvin, you know, Alvin, tell me a little bit about the journey. How'd you get bit by the bug and how'd you get cast in night of the demons?
2: You know, it's kind of interesting when I think about it, I would, I, if you would ask me at the age of 10 or even 11 or 12, if I wanted to be an actor, and and I would have said, absolutely not. I just remember being in a a class uh, in public school, and they asked me to to stand on the stage and recite these lines. And when it came to my turn, I just froze up. And I thought, there's absolutely no (laughs) way this would be something I would choose or would even think or consider. But I think at the age of like 14, I I, I was taking some acting classes and 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 it was actually it was sort of like it was it was it was just a fun thing it was it was like a some theater game some improvs pantomime and just yeah, so happens that down here. i found myself uh-huh. getting really interested in this whole concept of of being somebody else so as a as a kid that was always very shy this was a way to come out of that shy bag and essentially find a way to express myself so how did it all get to California? <laughs> well, how did I get from? Well, interestingly enough, at 14, at 15, I tried out, I'm sorry, at 14, I tried out for the Performing Arts High School, okay, in New York City. And I just knew that I was gonna get this this into the school because it's like a really great school for those who wanna pursue a career. But they said no. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, but it turned out it was a real blessing because because the school itself does not allow you to do any work outside of the school. And between the ages of 14 and 18, that's where I did a huge amount of work, starting with a lot of community theater and then some off-off Broadway. Eventually I got an off-Broadway contract and became uh, a member of the union, the Actors' Equity. At at the age of 16, I got my SAG card. You know, I was doing like commercials and uh, TV shows. And it just it just one thing led to another, and just and it, it just kept rolling like 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 a snowball, you know. It just kept going, and before you know it, I was like starring in shows, and so I built my career doing a lot of theater, a, a, a tremendous amount of off-off Broadway, off Broadway theater, and, in New York. And also, one Broadway show, and then and then after when I was about 19, I think I got my first major role in a feature film. It was a film that I think played in one theater in 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 Texas or something. <laughs> it was called Butterflies and Heat. That counts. The huh? so, that counts. I said that counts. Yes, it did. You know, I you know we we shot the whole thing in, in Key West, Florida. Anyway, let me let me just cut to the chase. So a friend of mine wanted to go to California in pilot season, and she kept saying, "Come on, we should go out there and give it a shot." At this point, I had no money. I was broke. And I thought, okay, you know, I got a credit card. Let me take some of that money from the credit card. So I, I actually, you know, went more debt. And I must have taken about three, $400 and went to California. We split a, right. a studio. And I had an agent in New York. The agent <clears throat> said they'd be more than happy to work with me once I got to California. The, the agent's associate in California. So when I get out there, typical Hollywood the agent that I was hoping to get with said to me, well, Alvin, you know, I don't think I can work with you. And I said, why? He said, because I already have someone like you. And I said, well, who do you have? And he said, his name is David Harris. <laughs> if you guys know anything about this actor, David Harris, he's a very fine actor. We don't look anything alike. The only thing that we, that we share in common is this, okay? We're both African-American. So at that time, if they had one African American, if they had one Asian, you know, they had they had their quota. Got it? So I realized, okay, that's fine. I gotta I gotta just keep on, you know, doing what I'm doing. So I went uh I got an agent that that really that really, you know, you know, thought I was a good actor. He liked my work, he liked my credits, and he started sending me out on a lot of a lot of projects. I was getting callbacks, but I wasn't booking, and I had one big problem. I had no money to pay the rent for the next month, and, and I just said, and I told myself, going out there in January, if I don't get any work by the end of January, I'm going home. Of course, when you meet an agent, the first thing you've got to tell him is, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So that's what I told him, but at the end of that month, February 28th, I had my flight. I had everything arranged. Everything was packed to leave, to go back to New York. But the problem was, he said to me oh, that morning, he called me and said, I have an audition for you for this film that's already cast. And they're only, they're only going to, to hire the actor that they, that they can't use because he was in another film and he changed his look entirely and they hate the way he looks. So they said, if you get the job, if you go for the audition and you get the job, you will know today. It was, uh, the problem was I had my plane ticket booked. I would have lost the money. Then I would have to pay rent for another, another month. So I'm in a little bit of a predicament. And I said, you know what? I don't think I want to take a chance. I think I'm just going to go and get on that plane. And I was actually on my way to LAX airport. And something said, Alvin, go to the audition. <laughs> I went to the audition. And this, of course, is Night of the Demons. Halloween wow. party, of course, wow. at that time. And the, and the agent, uh, and, and, I, and, and I, I booked the job. I would have been in a heap of mess had I not booked it. But wow. the first thing I told my agent was, I need an advance because I'm broke. I have no money, not a dime. So, so they gave me an advance on the first uh, week salary. And that, this job led to 21 Jump Street, Bustin' Loose, the new Adam 12. So it just kind of was and a, a lot more work started coming in as wow. a result of just taking that chance. Because I really thought this was this was not the thing to do. But I just listened to my inner voice and, in and, days, and I just though. went with that.
0: Agents and would ended up you, uh, would getting the role of uh, Roger in in Night of the Demons. That is that is amazing. So you had the plane ticket back. You had no money, and you listened mm-hmm. to your instincts, and it said, stay, go audition. You went in, you got the part, and the rest is history. So note to actors listening, you never give up. You never give in. You keep going after it. You never know. It's that very next audition that can put you on the map. So exactly. awesome, 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 awesome. Yeah. Thank you for so, sharing yeah, I
3: always say... Stop. There's there's nothing to success like not quitting, exactly. Yeah,
2: and 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 you just never know. The, the, the reality is we we are we are just one one job away, or we're just one audition away from 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 getting that job, getting the work. Once I once I got the work, it just seemed everything started happening one after the other, after the other. It just it was like snowballing. But you took um, a leap went of back faith. To New York. I went back to the New York, and then I got some more some more work off-Broadway, some
0: industrials. I mean, it was just like one thing after another. So yeah, you but just it was to, you, you really, took a leap of faith. You took that credit card. You cashed out. You, you took that leap of faith. You have to go for it. If you want to be yeah. in this business, this is not something you go on you half fast. You go 100% and, and you maxing out a credit card and coming out to LA for pilot season was massive action. And that's why, you know, the universe worked and you got that audition and you went in there and you landed that part. But you know, that's it. You have to take you have to take that step. You have to go for it. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Hal, how'd you get that part of Stooge? Tell me. I don't know. It's not near as dramatic. What a great story. That is a great story.
3: Seriously, Alvin, you've never told me that before. That's amazing.
0: The day for
3: me, it was for me, it was very, very normal. The most exciting thing about auditioning for it was we were in the Red Fox building. Yeah, I don't know if any of you know that Red Fox that. owned the yeah. building at the time, and so I would like always hang out try and see Red Fox. Now Donnie may be too young to know who Red Fox I'm, was. I'm not that
4: young. I'm 45 now.
3: <laughs> oh, <then> you <laughs> know who he was? Fox you was. back Then I was. Well, he, he was, was a man. massive comedian. Yeah, huge comedian. Had a great show about eight years before called uh, Sanford's Son, and he's the reason we use the term "working blue." If you're a comic and you work dirty, the term is working blue. And he's the reason, because when he was in Vegas, he was known as the dirtiest guy that worked. And he worked in a lounge called the Blue Room. And that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. So that's got nothing to do with Night of the Demons.
0: Yeah, but I'm curious, is you know, how did you when when did you know you wanted to be an actor? And, you know, how would you get to to become Stooge in Night of the Demons? How'd that work out?
3: Always. As a child, I wanted to be an actor. I would uh, listen to um, soap operas that my mom listened to, and I'd listen to stand-ups at the, you know, daytime talk shows back then. They have now again. And I would go into the bathroom and do them. But I was too short to look into the mirror. So I would just play the scenes standing in front of the mirror and i I still remember the feeling of being able to see the top of my head in the mirror like just my hair one one day when I walked in there. I'd gotten tall enough to start- you know trying to reach that mirror but yeah, I'd wanted to from the time I was a little kid, but I didn't and uh it wasn't until I was a teenager in high school that I really started chasing it, and I fell for it and it it's the old Belushi line. The only reason I'm any good on stage is because it's the only place in the world I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's where you fit. And if you fit there, something about it grabs you. And if you're willing to do the work and take the time, it it it, it pays off in your soul, if not, you know, anywhere else. So as far as uh, Night of the Demons, it, it was normal. It was just a normal audition. But you could tell it was going well. I, I believe it was with Joe and Kevin each time I went in. And th- their attitude was like, yeah, okay, we just want to get back to see how you're going to work with someone else. We like you, but we're not going to book you. Which is like one of the worst things you ever hear. You, I'm sure you all remember you've gotten this a million times. Love you. You're doing so perfect, but I can't book you yet. So in this time, though, it, you know, it came through. It happened. And I got to meet all of you guys. And, and I and I, I agree with you, Billy, when you said it's like family. I think of you really all like is. family. I really, really do. I, um, I think it's because we were so young. We are all kind of starting. I think the only one with, you know, there was two with any real experience and that was Phil Tanzini and, uh, and Linnea. So we are all kind of new. We were all kind of, I mean, we were all kids. I know
0: we weren't. 12 but we were all kids oh, that's danny, what i'm yeah that's danny what was i was 12. acknowledging danny, danny how old were you? i was 12 <laughs> yeah i was
4: 12 wow. yeah i think i was almost 13 i i had yeah i i was i was just a little dude i looked up to all you guys i, I was always bummed doing because i had just finished ghoulies too and with a bunch of teenagers as well uh-huh. and being youngest and i always was so jealous at watching you all because my sister was about eight years older than I was. So I was always watching her. And then I saw all you guys, and I was like, oh, man, I want to be a part of that party.
0: Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're kind of
3: stuck in your own world, right?
0: I remember when we were filming the scene at the doorway, You, I think I got one take at it because you had to go home. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, it was already there. An and I was day. like, wow, wait, 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 I get one take at it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I remember thinking you were just the coolest guy in the world, Billy. I, I, I was like, Oh, I, you know, I looked up to you, dude. That was a fun, fun couple of times.
0: Yeah, you were a smart kid. <laughs> right, right,
3: right.
0: <laughs> so, so, so how you made that dream a reality. You said you put in the work. Did you study? Did you work on your craft? I mean, what, what when you, yeah, I you did put study. in the work,
3: you know, here's the way it worked for me. I don't know where I'd heard the foundation of acting but somehow I knew an, a little bit about it when I started and I, I knew where I needed to go. So I kept trying to dig and find my own way there. And, you know, I was doing well because I had, you know, what everybody's, Oh, you're a natural, which isn't true at all because I'd spent years repeating every line I heard in the daytime in mm-hmm. the mirror. And I think for most people that they say well you have a natural talent for something it's just been that you've been observing and working on it mentally for most of your life and so by the time you do it you're more prepared than other people so anyway yeah i studied 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 tried to get better tried to get better and somebody finally introduced me to stanislavski and that was the end of it i knew where to go then and then once i i was actually going to my plan was to go to new york and, and do theater Cause my whole, my whole career path was get famous enough to do regional theater for the rest of my life. Cause I watched Ken Berry get rich doing regional theater. And I was just like, that's, that's the life I want. I want to do three shows over and over and over again for the rest of my days. And, uh, but you got to get, you know, medium famous to be able to get away with that. Mm. So anyway, I came out to um, a friend of mine. I was doing a play and a friend of mine, had to stop and meet her uh, manager at the time, and I walked in the room, and that was it. My 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 life plan was changed because I met my wife. Wow! So it was over the moment I saw her. I just knew I wasn't going to New York anymore. So I came out to New York, and the only person that I really wanted to study was with Uda Hagen. If anybody mm-hmm. remembers her, mm-hmm. yeah, The problem with Uda Hagen was she had the same thing that you were talking about, Alvin. If you studied with her, you weren't allowed to work because she, just, her in her opinion, if you're studying, you weren't a professional, which made sense. And I didn't know what I was going to do because I was working at the time. And then Stella Adler came to town and did a summer conservatory. And so I went there instead and wow. uh, changed my life.
0: Yeah, well, you paid your dues, and those dues paid off. Got an opportunity to audition for a film. You went in there and you landed the role. So that's that's pretty friggin' awesome. You know, that's a note to actors: is well, study your craft, work hard. You know, well,
3: study your craft, work hard, but put the time in. Everyone thinks it should take thirty-five seconds. It doesn't. It you know it doesn't happen as fast as you read the script. You have to put the work in. You have to put in more time than the other guy if you put in more time than the other guy you're going to give a better performance and if you give enough better performance performances you are going to defeat anything they may have that beat you naturally you walk in the room and they're more muscular than you or they're more handsome than you or they're younger than you or they're older than you they're whatever if you give the better performance you're always going to be in the running and there are going to be times where you just virtually, I mean, most of the time when you book a role, it's because it's yours. Somehow it's just yours. You walk in the door
0: and you get it. Well, you're stood. But there are those times. but I said, you're definitely stooped. I couldn't see anybody else playing stooped. That was your role. <laughs> yeah.
3: But there are those times you could walk in the door and by sheer will of force, convince them it's your role. Absolutely. And, and, Those times are probably more precious than when you walk in and it's just yours.
0: Yeah, you know, it's that preparation. It's preparation and, you know, your work changes their mind. I mean, you know, Kathy Kathy remembers, Kathy, you were on my TV series. The Booch was, they they described them in the breakdowns as a surfer dude from Venice Beach with a parrot on his shoulder. (laughs) When I read that, I said, nah. I saw him as... Henry Winkler, the Fonz, leather jacket, a, and that's what I brought in—a guy with the leather jacket and the hair and the thing—and they changed, changed their mind. They rewrote it. They gave me the part. So it's that it's choices, making those big choices, and it's the preparation, it's outworking those other actors. So you come in and you make a fan. They go, "Oh my gosh, that's the guy!" Exactly. You change their mind. Let's well, that's, that's note to actors: do the work. Never give up. Keep going after it. Like you freaking mean it. Kathy. Exactly, And then do more. That's <clears throat> my
3: point. Do more. Put in more time. Like when you think you have it, put in another day and see what happens. Because every time, you know, the, the, by nature of what we do, every time we do it, we're better prepared to do it the next time. Because we learn something every time.
0: It's great advice. So just don't stop. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. Billy, Billy, Billy. (laughs) So tell me about your journey as an actor. How did you get cast in Night of the Demons? When did you know you wanted to be an actor?
5: I think that I pretty much knew, I'd say eighth grade going into high school. Both my grandparents, paternal grandparents, were theater actors in Chicago, Lester Podewell and Beverly Younger. And my grandmother was on one of the very first television shows in the late thirties and shot on kinescope out of Chicago called studs place studs Turkle. My grandparents were best friends with him. So it was studs Turkle, my grandma, and then two other characters. And they did this show live and basically just had an outline And so I saw some of the old kinescopes. And so she blew me away. I thought if I could carry on the Pogwell name, you know, the acting Pogwell name. So that, and then my grandfather continued to work into his nineties. He was, um, a lot of people know him. He was in Groundhog Day. He played the um, homeless old man that Bill Murray encounters every morning and that he ends up saving. So that my grandfather shot, I think he was 92. So, um, and I'd be watching television at home and there all of a sudden my grandfather would be on TV and he did tell us. And I'd be like, mom, grandpa's on TV. So I just thought, okay, let me, let me check this out in high school. I did theater in high school. I loved it. I decided I wanted to go to college. Um, I went to UC Santa Barbara, majored in theater. I I just felt it would be cool to carry on the Pogo name. So get to LA I super blessed. I think I spent about a year. I got a waitress job and I pretty much studied that first year, got settled. And then I did a showcase and got the agent that actually sent me out for a night of the demons. Right. And I think that I got that agent because I would already, I lucked out. I got my side card. Great story. How I got my side card. A friend was filming a show and that actually happened to be filming in Chicago, and I was in LA, and he said, if you can get yourself out here, I can make friends with the director of the next episode, and there's a small part for you, and they'll Taft-Hartley you to get your side card if you can get out here. So I flew out to Chicago, stayed with my aunt, and that's how I got my SAG card. And funniest part of that was Johnny Depp played another guest star starring role on that episode and killed me so that was very cool it was before Johnny Depp was Johnny Depp so I only had that job I got this agent through showcase but I have my side card so that was good and then Night of the Demons came along and that it took a long time he didn't really send me out for much so I think it was like the first thing that he really sent me out for and I think that I did okay Kevin thought my headshot looked older I didn't remember me from my headshot until I walked in for the call back and then he was like, oh yeah. And so um, that's how I got cast.
0: And the rest is history.
5: And the rest is history. Yes.
0: You know, it's uh, when I think about these characters and I think about who was cast and I can't see anybody else playing the roles, you know? I mean, you're definitely Judy.
5: I know. Yeah. I feel that way about everybody. And, and, and so true, I'll just reiterate what you guys have already said, Hal and, and yourself that I really feel like we are this, this family and seeing each other through the years, a little bit here and there, the last, maybe about eight years, has just, it just warms my heart because I feel that we we got along so great. Like it wasn't just my imagination. You people are fantastic. You know, like my memories of the shoot of that month of night shooting was such fond memories and we were like putting on this amazing little movie that none of us would have predicted would be around 32 years later but uh, you know that sort of sense of a team and a, a unit was 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 magical and continues to be
0: yeah, I mean, for me, in in all my thirty five years in the business, I've never had so much fun making a movie as that one. Just a party. It was a Halloween party, you know. There you go. We had a party, and they just captured it on film. So it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Donnie, you were just a kid, man, little little Billy. Yes, I
4: was. Tell and me listening to your stories now about the bonding of the months and late. No- I could only imagine the after parties that you. <laughs> experience i was i'm i'm jealous for me i started acting in 1984 in on in theater and did a lot of theater um starting in oklahoma and then i moved to california in like the end of 84 85 and i was 10 years old almost well i was 9 and then i turned 10 in 85 and i didn't know this i had been scouted i guess from doing some theater in the Midwest. And then I started doing South Coast Repertory uh, with uh, uh, Diane King and gosh, some of the names, I don't know. We we're, I don't know if any of you guys were over at South Coast Repertory back in the 80s, but it was a really reputable equity theater in Orange County. And that's kind of where I got my feet wet in the bigger, larger theater. Uh, that's where I ended up getting my agent, Judy Savage. She She found me over there. I didn't know, know anything about the industry. Uh, my, fa- my family were Southern. I was born in Mississippi and Alabama, Oklahoma. So we were just kind of, just, you know, my dad was in retail. So I kind of came about it just, I guess it's that what, what Hal was talking about. It's, it's that love for the arts. It's, it, it was, I was, it was in me when I was born. <laughs> I loved to sing and dance and act out and perform. And they just kind of, you know, allowed me to explore, like I said, the theater. I think my first play was The Music Man. And then I just kind of went on from there. And by the time Night of the Demons came around, I had done Wonder Years. That was my first major role, I guess, if you'd call it. It was still a co-star, but but I did I did about three or four episodes of The Wonder Years when I was in the pilot. And then I I went on to do, you know, a lot of the 80s shows, Punky Brewster, Who's the Boss, and all that. And I did Ghoulies too. And that I had just got back from Rome and they put me on tape for Night of the Demons. I believe I ended up getting that. So it was like back to back horror films, back to wow. back, back to back. And it is funny because both both roles were just little assholes, <laughs> yeah, very, little, little cocky jerks. And uh, so I guess that was it. I thought, well, maybe I'll just be a, you know, a, a horror film kid for a while. But after Ghoulies 2 I ended up going into some other things and hosting on on Nickelodeon for a while. That's how I ended up on Night of the Demons and I think it was just a one day show, shoot for me, maybe two, but it was pretty quick in and out. I think Billy you got the last part of the day with me. Cuz uh, obviously they ran out of time.
0: Yeah. Uh, they ran out of time with you and they said, mm-hmm. "We got to get rid of we got to get rid of the kid." I'm going, "What? Are you, what are you, he's in the scene with me. How are you going to get rid of the kid? I haven't even done my scene." <laughs> I got one take. <laughs> right.
4: I <No>, remember <laughs> I remember. I remember actually being a little frustrated as well. I, I mean, I remember the shoot very well. And I, I also remember seeing all of you. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to meet everybody, but I remember seeing all of you filming one day because they gave me a tour of the house. And I was, again, so envious of how much fun you were all having in this. Of course, as a 12-year-old, 12, 12 13-year-old, this haunted house in the middle of Hollywood was just insane. And it was like downtown L.A., wasn't it? Like, yeah, like, yeah. I don't even think the house is there
0: anymore is what I've heard. It's a grocery store now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of how I got on the night of the demons. And then um, from there, I just uh, kept plugging away as a, as a young actor all the way up through my thirties and I still play around a little bit, but I, I own a martial arts school now. And uh, it's funny. I was listening to House story and um, once it's in you, it's always in you. And Even though I'm focusing on teaching my self-defense classes, uh, it still fulfills me as much as that acting bug because I'm in front of people and I'm able to still get out there and show that same live energy in my classes. And I think that's why the school's doing so well is because of the acting, is because of the education that acting gave me and the um, confidence it gave me in order to run big classes and then teach. I teach internationally now. So I, I I go to Germany and France and, and 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 the Netherlands and England every year, and it was it's I think a lot of it has to do with this. I'm not the greatest martial artist in the world. I think the acting gave me that voice and that ability to use it in other ways as well, which uh, you know is kind of cool. I never thought I'd ever uh, do something else other than acting, but it's it fits so well in it, and, and now I get to enjoy doing the occasional independent film and such. But the one thing I would give to the listeners out there and those actors and actresses who are are really trying to focus on on work is like everyone said, not to give up on yourself and the one thing I will relate to is is you know you you think you got it with that one role and then you get another role and you you realize you missed the you missed it you you didn't necessarily get it and you and then you go and you you evolve again and then you start to get it and and then you lose it and i'm I'm talking about the feeling of I went through I went through peaks. roller of coaster
0: oh, that?
4: roller coaster it's a yeah, roller coaster ride I, I did I mean I remember very well as a young actor especially kid actor that was kind of like almost on auto but once I got into the real world I graduated high school and mommy and daddy didn't help me anymore I was driving myself everywhere and making my own decisions and making my own meetings with my agents my managers that's when shit really got real you know and I think that's where I lost confidence at some, sometimes and then I gained confidence and I lost and heeks where I worked the most was when I was studying weekly, I was in a class, a workout class, at least once a week. It, and it's funny, I still have a lot of friends in the industry. And I always ask some of my clients specifically, they say, uh, you know, how are you doing today? And oh, I'm, I'm I'm okay. Well, what happened with your day? Well, just not getting a lot of auditions. And when I do, I just don't seem like I'm on top of it. Are you an acting class? Are you actually studying the art are you just you know going to the uh, your, your job you know your, your your part-time career and then going to auditions it's like a fine it's like a martial artist we have to continue practicing the same move over and over and over and over to get that muscle memory and if you don't you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere in this industry I, I, you know especially in today's world because all of us on the screen and and, and at the success we've all seen that was in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. Things are different now. It's just a different world. It's saturated. There's a lot of competition. So how do you make yourself stand out? You know, how do you how do you spearhead the competition? First of all, I believe you nailed it, Billy, when you said it's not about this. This guy has blonde hair, surfer, yada, yada. This isn't me. Don't ever say that when you get the opportunity to read it, make it you. It's. It, it, I've done that before. I've, I've read a script and I, I literally killed the audition because I made the decision that they were not. That wasn't my character. They weren't seeing the right guy, when in reality they know who I. They knew who I was and they saw me for a reason. They wanted me to make it a different choice, to give them a different uh, a different perspective, a different uh, uh, choice. So.
0: Anyway, that's so, so it's great. No, I mean, listen, talent, I believe lies within your choices. You know, the bigger, the bolder, the stronger your choices, the more prepared you are. That's when you change their mind. That's when, you know, they think they know what they want, but they really don't. It's your job to change their mind. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in my career. yep. You, because I listen to your fabulous podcast, I heard this
5: story. Talk about making a choice and getting a role. Didn't you get Crash because you scared the crap out of them with your wallet absolutely
0: yeah. yeah well you know i mean i always look at the material and i go well what what is the scene what am i supposed to make them feel and the the scene was i had a gun and i was pointing it at somebody and i'm about to blow their head off because they're not, they're not taking my commands so i said how am i going to do that you know i didn't want to pull one of these you know finger job you know this is fake so i had a, my black wallet and i pretty much pulled it out of my wallet and i started aiming it at them and threatening them and before i knew it, the casting directors were hiding behind their desk and when i put my wallet away they said that's the scariest wallet we've ever seen <laughs> but but for a brief moment i made them feel like what it's like to have a gun pointed at them
4: uh it's so oh. important and, so and to take a real the Chances, man. Yeah. That's, the way, that's, that's the way you're going to work in today's industry. And the greatest thing about, I think, what I see on, on television today is the diversity and the uniqueness. And then the, the un, you know, the no longer just casting the, 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 the look. It's about casting a human in the best shows in the world. The most, the most I think, most powerfully acted shows on television have the most unique uh, actors and actresses in them you know the artists are insane these days it's i'm talking specific shows there's a lot of crap out there but don't be afraid of uh of
0: taking those jobs by the way some of the crap jobs will get you into better <laughs> better positions That's absolutely absolutely listen TV, listen when i came out to hollywood there was abc nbc and cbs yep. I started the Fox network with, you know, Matthew Perry, with boys will be boys and 21 jump street. And that's all it was really. Now there's so much for actors. There's Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot more work for actors, a lot more, you know, I mean, listen, actors can have this cool little device in their pockets. This is a movie making machine. You don't need anybody. You can write a script, film it, edit it, everything, create your own TV station on YouTube. I mean, if you want to act, nobody's going to stop you from frigging acting. If you want to show your talent, this little device here you can show your talent so th- there's no excuses anymore i mean back in the day when we wanted to get something for our demo reel we had to actually book a job and then try to get dan's video to pull it off and get a little piece of Dan
5: Dan woo!
0: Woo, woo. you know i mean you, they had to record it for you you know because you couldn't yeah. even record it but things have changed so there there is a lot more work and i think things have changed completely with with now with self-tape casting and uh zoom meetings i mean the whole industry is changing so i i think it does give a young actor an opportunity that if i'm a casting director and i don't know your work i'm probably not going to bring you into the room with the producers because you know you shit the bed you make me look bad but i will see your self-tape and if you're great then i'll show that to my director so you know the opportunity to get in the door you know i think is you know, there's a lot of self-tapes. I mean, cast and directors are getting bombarded by these self-tapes, but I think it's an opportunity now that we didn't have when we came out here. It was limited. You know, you really had to, you know, there was ABC, NBC, and NBC. That was it. Yeah. Allison, yes. Well, first off, tell me your your journey into Hollywood and how, do you, how you got cast in Night of the Demons. Tell me about your journey into Hollywood.
1: Okay, well, first, let me just interject really quickly for any of you that was just listening about self-tapes and things like that. If you get a chance on YouTube, I believe they still have it. The Journey of the Stranger Kids thing, uh, casting experience. They have all their original casting tapes that they sent in. And I thought it was very, very interesting to watch that because, you know, they were younger than we were. But still, it was amazing to see what the directors and producers sat around and talked about based on the tapes they received. And uh, then the, the cast talked about the tapes and how they sent them in and, and, you know, how they prepared for it. So it's it's interesting for, you know, if you're a younger actor to look maybe towards, you know, self-tapes, because there's a lot of um, how we got cast kind of things on YouTube. Just a, just a thought. Great but, okay, so I'm, I'm almost embarrassed at this point listening to all these great stories you guys are telling, because I took a completely different route to this. I was, uh, well, I was born and raised in New York. My family, though, is a showbiz family. My father owned a very famous uh, acting school in the city, Wiesbaden School of Television, which is no longer around anymore. My parents have passed. However, uh, for 50 years, Sorry. it was right up there, thank you, in the um, Wiesbaden Strausberg. It was It wasn't like Hagen or, you know, um, Bill Asper, you know, but it was a full, you know, kind of very well-known studio that a lot of people went to not only for casting, but for classes and for theater. And there's a musical theater. And uh, my mother was on Broadway. My father, you know, owned and created the studio. It was a unique idea at the time. I think he was just one of three that were doing it back then, 50 years ago or whatever it's been now. But my sister also was, uh, she started it off when she was 10. She got a manager and she uh, was, Her first film was with Tom Hanks, a scary movie, actually. Uh, He Knows You're Alone. (laughs) So that was her first film with him. And then she went on to be Um, in Vacation. She played the original Audrey in Vacation. So she was Dana, Dana Barron. And I saw her doing all this, and I wanted to figure skate. My whole life, I wanted to be an Olympic figure skater. Now, I started out on a Canadian ski team because my father also owned an acting school in Toronto. So I was able to ski for Canada, but I didn't want to ski. He was a ski father, like a stage father. He was a ski father. I wanted to figure skate my whole life. That was my passion. So my parents wouldn't pay for it. So what could a very old at the time, 12-year-old kid do to make money to pay for figure skating lessons? I wasn't eight. You didn't start usually until you were, you know, when you were little, you started. You didn't start at 12. So I saw my sister doing this acting and getting commercials and, you know, she didn't get to films till a little bit later, but she's doing commercials. So I'm in New York, it's a big city for commercials. So I said, I want to do that too. And I basically got a manager here and started to do commercials to pay for the figure skating lessons that my parents wouldn't give me. And then long story short, kind of sadly, my father had a stroke and uh, we all mo- we moved to California because he couldn't teach anymore when I was 15. And when we got there, I had to get emancipated because I had to take care of him and I had to drive, I couldn't drive. So lucky enough, I got emancipated because at the time they weren't, they wanted 18 to play, you know, younger, they would always hire like an 18 year old to play, you know, 13, 14, 15, whatever it was. So with the emancipation, I was able to be real 15, 16, 17 year old getting roles like an 18 year old which was great I could work the longer hours you know I, I know that that's a difficult thing you said you had your last scene because there was not enough time for I guess Donnie to you know finish his scene or whatever but when I got there I just still I wanted to train with very good coaches out there in figure skating so I continued to try to act to make the money to pay for it my first thing was Gidget Summer Reunion. I'll never forget it. Uh, it was a pilot. It was horrible. I went back eight times. As a matter of fact, on the seventh, that's the worst thing, guys, about, you know, if you're auditioning and, and you're out there and you're like, oh my God, I went back three times, four times, you know, I really can make a decision. I remember on the night of the seventh time, It was going, they were making the decision the next day. And I thought, oh, this is my first job. I'm going to get a series. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to make money. I'm going to figure skate. I broke out in hives from head to toe, (laughs) literally hives all over the place. So nervous, so horrible. And this is it. Seven times, I'm not going to get it. I have hives all over. I woke up the next day. The hives were gone. I couldn't believe it. I went in and ended up getting the job. It was uh, not well perceived. (laughs) And uh, actually, it did go to series, but not with me. They went with Sydney Penny, who replaced me in the series. I was very green. I, you know, you guys are talking about studying the craft and doing all of that. I just really thought, I'll just get in there and, and just say the lines and, you know, get the job. But it turned out that obviously that's not the way to go. And um, I learned after being a stupid kid Getting script after I got lucky. I got an agent, and you know, because my family was in the business and I had the connections. But I got an agent out there in L.A., and they would give me all the scripts for you know sitcoms or you know just guest stars and things like that. And I would get the script the night before. I'd blow it off. I you know I was in school, and then I studied a little bit, and I would go and I and I wouldn't do well. And I was thinking, I'm not getting the job. It wasn't until I finally decided to really put in the time. In the work, even if it was a silly part, even I think we did we did who's the boss together. Actually, Billy, I don't think you remember that, but we did. We did and, uh,
0: who's the boss together. It was,
1: yeah, it was. Like, I, I think it was the same episode. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, you can you research it. I'll talk to you another time about it. But yeah, okay. I think it was the same episode. Cool. But little parts like you know, fresh prints. it did a lot of a lot a lot of sitcoms like that. But even if it was two lines or it was twenty lines. I would absolutely try and make it my character, the character, you know, try and take a different take on it because how many blonde haired blue eyed girls are in California, a bazillion, right? So, you know, if you're going to be only going to be the cheerleader type or the snotty girl type or whatever, you know, like the Baywatch roles and things like that, I hated that. I really couldn't stand it. But I got a lot of these sitcoms and long story short, I didn't. I wasn't being seen for features because back then, if you were seen in TV, a lot of times they would not see you for films. Okay, you're either in you're, a, you know, theater actor, you're a movie actor, you're a TV actor. The uh, at the time there were a lot of horror films going around, and I, I can't remember to be honest if Freddy Nightmare Two came first or Night of the Demons came first before I met the casting, you know, or Kevin from Night of the Demons, but. I remember they said, I think, I think I had done Freddie. I might've done Freddie first because I was like, Oh no, not another horror film. Come on. Really? And Mm -hmm. then, (laughs) I I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers, but I was like, am I going to be seen as like queen of the B horror films or what? You know, that's, I started to be a little bit weird about it. And, but I said, okay, I almost didn't want to go in. And I went in because they said it was almost cast. The whole thing was cast. There was only one part left and it was for this Helen of Troy. And I said, okay, Oh, you know, tell me about it. And they said, "I oh, we don't even know what it is. Just, you know, it's a, a girl. She's like 16 and just go in and read for it. I'm like, okay. So and the rest, I went, and
0: the rest is history. You got the part. Okay. They're, I'm
1: cutting me off. The rest is history. Okay. I got the part. Yeah. And when I went in, I think they probably just were desperate at that point. to <laughs> yes, that role. cast And they saw, I had a lot of credits at the time, I guess it was enough to trust that I could handle the, you know, the role of the time. And, oh, I just wanted to say this when we were sitting there, but in case anyone cares, I don't know if anyone can see this since this is my first Zoom, but this what we all, well, this is what I looked like back then, if anyone could see it. I don't know. This was the Helen picture. Anyone see that? Yeah, it's really hard to see. And, and, okay, you can't see that either. All yeah, right, I'm getting sorry. getting old. Those, these eyes uh, don't work the same. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was going to say, because at the time, I thought, oh, I'd done all this, a lot of sitcom work and stuff like that. And I said, now I'm doing a, a fun feature film with all these great people, and they put me in this. Did <laughs> you see this? <laughs> it's a full, it's a full head cast. It's a full head cast. I, I think I was the only one oh, yeah. that yeah, had to yeah. live in a prosthetic, full prosthetic for three nights. And by the way, <sighs> you do work hard on these on these horror films. You do yeah. because those night shoots were they were very hard very hard three o'clock in the morning with a full like head mask I was eating while you guys were all eating craft service and eating dinner I had a straw Kevin actually offered me a straw up my nose seriously yeah. you, guys my you guys had it yeah. bad
0: you guys had it the special <laughs> effects makeup you guys had it really bad I mean there you guys sat in hours and hours in a chair and makeup and it was just I mean, listen, yeah. I was supposed to have a head mold put on me and Steve Johnson put that <laughs> frigging cast on my head. And when it started getting, when when it started closing off my ears and I couldn't see, and then it started closing off my nostrils, I was like, take the shit off of <laughs> me. I literally yeah. took it off. So that's why I got like some white, white makeup on me and a stake in my heart. <laughs> I didn't possess because I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't about to sit in that head no. mold.
1: I Just repossessed. It.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then they set me in a coffin. You know, I was claustrophobic. And then they we go, "Okay, now we're gonna. You gotta lay in that coffin there." I'm like,
1: what "At least you didn't have to do it in a coffin."
0: Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. So yeah. Lance Fenton, tell me, tell me how you got to turn on your mic. Do you
6: not know learn how, you know? how to use this thing? Yeah. Really? Go. You know, sorry for my interruption. I'm here at the clinic still, and uh, so it got a little crazy. But
1: uh, you're a to- doctor
6: brief and uh but
0: so tell us I, how you your journey into Hollywood how you got the part in Night of the Demons you know when did you know when well, you wanted to be an actor how did, how did that you make that come to fruition
6: you know the quick story was I was dating a girl who was friends with Kyle Richards Kyle was being represented by CED and my girlfriend had mentioned something to Kyle and she says well I'll have Lance Reed for Bob Preston who's works with the youth division and uh they dug it so the next thing I was doing was uh reading on uh, for auditions and, and commercials and, and the like and uh kind of went pretty quick but it's pretty crazy to see it come full circle and now Kyle's on one of the most popular live programs out today but uh, uh small world really uh I, by luck and by chance I guess really Billy but uh it's been a neat neat run. It's crazy to think it was thirty some odd years ago that we were all sitting there, you know, in the wee hours of the morning in <laughs> close to South Central LA looking at Hal look like he'd been burned in a fire. <laughs>
0: what about you? We shared a dresser. You had your eyeballs, you'd come out of your room with no eyes. <laughs> My kids look at that and freak out every time they see it,
6: but uh Billy, I got to run. I'm really so sorry. Hey, th- little, well, listen, thanks deal. for jumping
0: on. I really everybody great.
6: Good to see you guys. Missed you so, too.
0: So here's the deal. We're going to be doing a tape. I, I have this script, for the Halloween party, the original script. I'm going to get together. We're going to do a table read via Zoom, the full cast. And we're going to, you know, just read this script. Let me know. I mean, yeah, I'm absolutely. right up the street from you, Billy. Awesome. Love to have you. All right. So love you guys. See you. Stay safe. safe.
5: Bye, Lance. Bye right, now. Bye, Lance.
0: So, guys, you know, now I just wanted to talk about, you know, some memories from working on the film. You know, what is your scariest memory? What's your funniest memory? What is your memory when the film came out? You know, I mean, I know, Allison, you and I went on a press tour. We did.
1: And we went to Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. And you were in this tux. I'll never forget it. You were in this tuxedo. And I was in this pink dress. And we, we went as like, you know, the um, openers to this theater, this little tiny theater in the middle of Wisconsin Dells, I think they call the Win- I think Wisconsin Dells. And we would open these theaters and podunk wherever they sent us.
0: I don't know how, I we, it. how we wound up going around because you were also in <laughs> New York City with me, right? I mean, I remember yeah. the limo and I remember pulling up yep. and it was nuts because I had a TV series at the time and it was like screaming girls and. Madness.
1: Oh, you poor thing. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> it
0: was it was a rough life.
1: Yeah, rough. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, scariest memory. Scariest memory.
0: Yeah. Scariest. Like working on, I mean, listen, we, we, we lived in that house. I mean, the, the art department did such yeah. an amazing job creating the whole house. You know, all of our actors' dressing rooms were on the third floor. The yeah. first and second floor used as, as sets. So it was dark. It was scary. There were a lot of pranks being pulled. Yes. A lot of people scaring each other. I know for me, one of the scariest moments was I was like sitting outside during the break from filming. And, you know, I was sitting there smoking a cigarette and all of a sudden (laughs) this elderly woman, you know, was walking past me and she stopped and she stared at me and she's she just looked at me and she said, get out get out. I was like, what?
1: For real? (laughs) Oh my God.
0: (laughs) And then a big old spider came (laughs) and curled on top of me.
1: (laughs) I think, I think the worst thing from the film was going home. I actually was going back to school because I lived in the dorm at the time and there blue stuff that came out of my nose.
0: Forget about it. I'm surprised we're still alive.
1: Yeah.
5: I'm surprised. It's illegal. Yeah. They don't use it anymore. The
0: blue cookies. Yeah, to, to, to yeah. make that smoke effect, they would, blow, they would burn these blue cookies and they'd fan it out to give this cool effect. But, you know, who the hell knows what we were breathing? I love that. Phil Tanzini tells that story. <laughs> you know, no. do, do we need more smoke? And he stuck yeah. his finger in in his nose and he pulled <laughs> it out and it was all blue. He goes, no, I think we're good. <laughs>
1: I don't know that you know, story. No, I mean, That's so
5: funny.
0: That was that was some dangerous stuff we were breathing.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice
3: they uh, made it illegal. The problem is they did it about ten years too late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: It did give an awesome effect, though. I have it to did. Say. Oh, I mean, it was gorgeous. It's like the most beautiful smoke. <laughs>
4: <though. Did anybody laughs> get, smoke hands any down. Kind of sweet smelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was. Big part of that.
0: Did anybody have any inkling that this film would become a cult classic and make three sequels and a remake of the original? And I mean, the fans, you know, big shout out to the fans. I mean, you know, I've only been to a couple of of, uh, conventions, you know, and I mean, there are fans that have Angela tattoos on their body and I mean... They literally tattooed the characters from the movie on their body. I've seen so many. It's amazing. I can't believe it. You know, that people. I just got my first anatomy. tattoo. Somebody. Did you really? You.
5: I did. Yeah. They, you?
0: they, they ta- tattooed your character. That's. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
5: It's
1: crazy.
0: Hey, Hal, have you ever it's seen anybody have students? Oh, what, wait, wait, wait.
1: What's your t- What's your tattoo? Kathy? Where is it? Oh, it's not mine. I'm seeing. Oh,
0: somebody a fan is, tattooed judy, judy, judy. On their-
1: oh i bet she said she got her first yeah. tattoo ever okay. no, no hey
0: Hal, ha- have you seen stooge on anybody's body no oh, I've,
3: I've never seen one but i've been told they're out there i did see pictures from a couple weddings where the the groom was stooge and the brides <laughs> were
4: handled so I- oh that's oh awesome.
1: my god can i tell Hal something really quick how mm-hmm. Hal- it's it's
4: on the Instagram. Uh, one of the fan Instagram sites. Somebody has a big stooge on them. Really? Yeah. I've ha. never seen one. That's yeah. that's ha. crazy.
1: Hey, Hal. Yeah. Uh, um, I went to the uh, convention once where this girl came up. To, they, it, it was, uh, they were dressed as you. She was dressed as you and the guy was dressed as somebody else. And she broke down in tears that I even like knew you and that, if I could just get a message to you that she dressed like you for Halloween and she gave me your number and I just uh, forgot all about it, but I always wanted to tell you that she was just such a big fan and it was so nice to see. It was amazing. Oh, that
3: is amazing. And you finally delivered her message. <laughs> but
1: oh, I I'm, in, you guys I'm so in shock so to find
3: sweet. out that you were Helen of Troy. I never realized that. Uh,
5: I, what? I did, that
1: was like the that outfit.
5: <laughs> I
3: know,
0: but... Uh, I'm slow. So wait, wait, wait. So you were Helen of Troy, Alvin? What were you? A pirate? You were a pirate? See, he didn't know either. I but thought he was a
1: pirate, Alvin. Yeah, you were Alvin a pirate, was a pirate.
0: But nobody knew you were Helen of Troy. So, so Who Kathy, you? you were Alice in Wonderland, right? Right. 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 So, so the story goes, uh, Judy was supposed to be Little Red Riding Hood, and mm-hmm. Kevin Tenney, the
5: director, felt that the red was too demonic and wanted to make her. More, more innocent, but also sort of the illusion of Alice going down the rabbit hole, and that's sort of what Whole House was.
1: That
5: oh, that's Played
0: that way. Yeah, very cool. And and how you you were you were just a pig. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was just I was just thick.
1: <laughs> and and pig.
0: Billy, Billy, you were you had a mask that somebody ripped off.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't
4: ah. it- <laughs> <laughs> now, listen guys unfortunately I, I it's my two-year wedding anniversary oh, and i hate oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, yeah oh, we're, we're expecting a little bit i just finished my crib that's uh, nice. oh. congratulations. i noticed okay, that, that girl in about six weeks i think sex six
0: wow days. listen Donnie, thank you so much for jumping on. I know it's last minute. You know, I don't think anybody knows this, but I literally called everybody up yesterday and said, Hey, (laughs) I want to do a podcast for the night of the demons fans. Can you jump on? And you know, that's what I love about this group. It is a big family and you know, somebody reaches out, everybody's on board. So unfortunately Amelia was supposed to be here and then there was a snowstorm and she lost her internet connection and, and, uh, (laughs) Linnea had wanted to be here too. And, uh, Jill wanted to be here and Philip Tanzini. So things just didn't fall out in you know, in the in the day trying to make this thing happen. But you you guys showed up. So I'm super grateful that you guys showed up. Donnie, go celebrate that your well, anniversary. Congratulations on the baby. Yeah. Uh, thank you all thank you congratulations
4: Congratulations. i I keep on talking to kevin about uh he keeps me in the loop in the in the uh in the circuit of of your conventions and stuff so hopefully i'll be able i I haven't been able to make a couple that he's invited me to so hopefully i'll be able to see So,
0: so i am going to be doing a table read of that halloween party script and i want you there Dude, that would be a, a, a hoot. I'd love that. I'd awesome. Love it.
4: Oh, by the way, you asked me ask everybody our favorite uh, scene. Of course, mine was jumping out of the closet for obvious reasons of a 12-year-old audacious kid. audacious boobies, sis. Sorry. Yeah, that was, that was rough. But
0: rough a 12-year-old <laughs> man, that was
4: I'm embarrassed,
5: 32 old That's awesome. Totally yeah. rough,
0: rough job for a 12-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> It was a lot. Happy day, everybody! You guys enjoy. Yeah.
5: Thanks, Donnie. Yeah,
4: good Bye. night. Bye. Congratulations, thanks, brother. Now let so, me figure out how to do
1: this. You my just God, to... I'm my <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> no one down. knows how to do it.
4: <laughs> I should know. I, I, I we, 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 all right.
0: Here we go. Bye. Bye. See you guys. <laughs> So
1: guys, guys, my my
0: phone just, you know, so the podcast, you know, usually it's like 45 minutes. People were like at at an hour or whatever, but I just wanted to kind of share everybody's story, their journey, how they made the dream a reality. You guys are part of a cult classic. This film will go on. Even when we're, when we're gone, this film's still going to be around. You know, the fans are going to still be there. You guys had a dream. You went after it and you made it a reality. So, you know, check, you're part of history. This film is a cult classic. It will always be there, you know, for future generations, you know. So the advice is to to young aspiring artists, go after your dream. Go after it with a vengeance. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I mean, we're a living proof. You know, we, you know she, Hal used to, you know, do impressions of soap operas. He can even see himself, you know. I mean... He, Alvin, you, you know, we, we studying, you know, doing theater, you know, you you had this dream, you know, but you made it a reality. You went after it and you made it happen. So note to all actors, if if you could give one advice to actors, what would it be, Hal?
3: Don't quit fighting for it. Getting there is not the hardest part. Staying there is the hardest part. Kathy. Oh, I met an
0: actress once and she
5: said, how long are you going to give it? And I go, What do you mean? How long am I going to give it? This is what I want to do. I'm going to just make it happen. So just make it
0: happen. Put it out there in the universe. It's a journey. And look, Alvin knows. I mean, it's a roller coaster ride. He was on the plane, leaving town, defeated, and then he got the call. So you never know. It could be the very next audition that puts you in that film, that puts you on that series, that puts you on the map, that starts the snowball rolling. So never give up, never give in, go after it like you mean it. And Alvin, and, advice and, for actors.
2: You know, if, it, if it's your real passion, if it's something that you really want to do, then be prepared to make the sacrifices that are needed to do it. And the most important thing is to have confidence in yourself, especially when you're not booking and you're not getting any work. You have to believe in this person. You have to believe in who you are. And you've got to treat yourself well. In other words, you really have to make sure that you're taking care of your body, your health, and most importantly, your mind. Because because after so many auditions and not booking, you might start thinking, well, maybe I'm not really all that good. Maybe I don't deserve to be. I, I see this guy; he's always booking. My competition is always getting the roles. I'm not getting it. So you have to start thinking about what do you have to offer. Well, you know, what what special gifts have you been given? And believe that that you have a purpose and you have a reason for being here. And it will, it will happen for you in one way or another.
0: That's beautiful. I meant to that. Amen. You know, it's, truly, it's truly, that's it. Everybody is unique. Everybody has a gift. You know, this is, if this is, this is a gift, this acting bug, it's a gift. It's a disease. It's, a, you know, if it's in you, it's in you. If it's your passion, then you have to follow that passion. You know, I know a lot of people that had the dream and then they gave up on it. And, you know, the regrets. And the, if it's in you, you have to go after it. Allison, advice for actors?
1: You know what? Alvin just said it all. I couldn't have said it better. Just study hard, believe in yourself. And even when it's tons of rejection, you know, just believe that it's going to happen because it will. And don't poo-poo small roles because they can build to bigger ones.
0: Absolutely. You know, I I look at it, every no brings you closer to a yes. You want to get those no's. Go get a bunch of no's. You know, have thick skin, let it roll off, learn from, you know, your mistakes. Just keep moving forward because you never know. The very next one could be the one that puts you on the map.
3: That's right. It's an old saying about actors have a tender heart in the skin of a rhino.
0: Yeah. You got to have thick skin. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sure. So you've
3: got to keep your heart out there. You know, you can never, you, you, you can't hide yourself. You have to keep your heart out there. And I think that's really what Alvin was saying. It's like if if your heart's not out there, if you're protecting yourself, you're not risking anything. And if you don't risk anything, your work's not exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I say never play it safe. You know, leave a piece of your soul behind. You know, everything exactly. that's ever happened to you in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all your shit, that's your goal as an actor. Nobody has that. That's all yours. Now, if you can take that stuff and you can substitute and personalize and replace that and expose it and be vulnerable and dangerous and all that stuff, that's when the audience feels you. That's when, you know, you walk into a room and you make a casting director cry, feel something. And that's when you become a working actor because they become a fan of your work because you're not playing it safe. You're playing a big game. And I truly believe that every one of you got cast in this film because, you know, you went in that room and you played a big game and the, your preparation, your training, all that stuff came, you got a, an opportunity and you went in there and you landed the roles. And the rest is history. I mean, it's truly history. I mean, we're a part of a, a cult classic film that I am truly blessed and grateful to be part of the Night of the Demons OG family. Uh, and... and <laughs> You know, I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put this table reading together. I want everybody there. Okay. Okay. Right. So, sure. so if you, yeah. so, if you had a message for the fans, what would you say? Well, I'll, I'll just I'll, go out. Okay. I'll just say real quickly. That, the um, I remember that
2: when the film came out, and uh, and and they were screening it in New York, it was in Times Square. Allison, you may have, I don't know if you were there or not but they were screening in Times Square in that big Lowe's theater. It used to be a Lowe's I was there. Right were you there? Yes. And, and, uh, and it wasn't that many people in the audience. It was, it was pretty much bare. It was empty. And, and, but, but then, interestingly enough, after the film, not too many people saw the film, but then the, the VHS, the video cassettes came out. And, uh, and then, you know, people said, hey, I saw your, your, your movie. You were in that movie, man, Night of the Demons. And, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then came the CDs, and then more people saw it. You know, and then little by little, you know, it just, and and then I think it was on, it was on television, I think at at some point on cable, some cable, and then a lot of people saw it. So it just kind of like grew. And I think that was part of the evolution of of why this became so successful in part because of of the the, the movie itself, but also because it didn't just have this huge, huge release. It kind of just was something that people heard about. Did you see that movie? Oh, you got to see that movie, man. And then, and then, little by little, just and, and then, new generations, new audiences are finding it. So it's really fascinating. Um, I'm really happy to be a part of that history, and uh, and I hope that it will continue long past when we are when we are, <laughs> we are no longer <laughs> rapping. Oh, gosh,
0: and and more fans coming about. Anybody else? Something for the fans?
3: Yeah, well, uh, I, I will say something for the fans, and it's funny because you talk about when it was out here. In L.A., it was packed. And Susan and I went to go see it. And I didn't expect it to be packed. And I also didn't expect anybody to recognize me. But at some point, everybody in the theater turned around and started pointing at me. Huh. <laughs> and and I totally freaked out. And they ended up having to leave early. Because I just, I mean, I don't mind people looking at me on film, but not in real life. But it, it, those people those same people, they're, they're the people that keep it alive today and, and keep us alive today in different projects and different shows and, and show support. You know, I still get, you know, my, my, my little manila envelopes full of mail once every six months or every year from um, universal and NBC. And uh, it's, it's those people that, that allow me to keep booking these shows. And, I think it was Allison that talked about, don't worry about the small roles. Well, I'll tell you what, the small roles will pay your rent when you need it.
0: Yeah, That's right. Especially those residuals.
3: Yeah. And if you're a professional, you go to work. Yep. Right. You know? yep. The one thing I hate is here we have this hierarchy, this sense of hierarchy. But, you know, you go spend some time in England and they'll co-star on a show one day, be an extra on another show the next day be a, a guest star in another show the next day there they work in front of the camera every day.
0: Yeah.
3: Actors act. That's their job. If you want to be a pro, you have to go to work. Great advice. So anyway, but yeah, as far as the fan goes, you, you can't thank them enough. We, I, there I do us. They're a loyal group <clears throat> the
5: Demons fans. That's for sure. A very loyal, um, you know, how many times have we heard, I saw this movie when I was 12. I've, you know, written, my kids have seen it. We share it <laughs> you know, every Halloween or every October. It's it's mind-boggling how loyal and and wonderful the Night of the Demons fans are.
3: It's also <laughs> shocking how young they are when they see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that shocked me too. I, w- you know, when we we, I don't know if you guys were at this particular reunion, but when we went to one of the conventions as a as a group, um, they were showing the film. I think at ten, eleven at night or something after we had done with the convention, and I went up there, and there there was standing room only. I mean, it was packed. There was not even any space left. I sat on the floor in the front with my legs curled up, just in the very very front, and people were laughing and how they were saying the lines. It was like being at Rocky Horror Picture Show, only it was Night of the Demons.
3: You
5: know, and it's they crazy.
3: Just-
1: I've oh. often said it would make
5: a great Rocky Horror kind of experience, you know? I- uh, we should do a live action
1: version. I- Woo for the fans. That's what we do. <laughs> I was, I'm telling
0: you, I was seriously surprised last time I saw the film, the the audience knew every line, you know, uh-huh. and, and some yeah. of these lines, you know, like eat a bowl of, you know, and, yes. you eat- know, these, the, you know, they're, they're classic lines, you know, people know these lines and they're going to recite them. You know, it's just amazing how they know. And we're on shirts. t-shirts.
1: Yeah. T-shirts everywhere. I just told you today, there's yeah. T-shirts everywhere with, with all of us on there. So
0: listen, yeah. guys, I, just due to time, I want to I thank you once again for coming on. I know, you know, I'm, listen, for me, it's a sacrifice. The World Series Game 6 is on right now, and I'm missing it. And, <laughs> you know, I, I oh, did yeah. this for the Night of the Demons fans. We did this for the Night of the Demons fans. I'm releasing this on Halloween. This is our uh, Halloween gift to you. Uh, uh, we hope you great. enjoy it. You know, if you get a chance, if you have not and you're of age, you know, watch Night of the Demons, the original (laughs) and enjoy it. And I hope it scares the shit out of you and stay safe, stay healthy, follow your dreams, go after them with a passion, with vengeance. And I believe in you and make that shit a reality. All right, guys. God bless. Stay safe.
1: Bye
0: Billy you too. Thank, Thank
3: you Billy Bye Hal right. Thank, Thank you
1: Thank you, Thank you, everybody, you. Watching. Thank you Bye, everybody Thank you
0: Good to see you all again Love you guys Bye I'll
1: See you guys, guys. See you soon See you guys okay. I don't know
0: how to get out <laughs> Hey thanks for listening to the show Please rate, review, share this with your friends Subscribe if you haven't